Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast. Today, we are discussing everyone's favorite detective show. That's not a comedy, because if I said it was a comedy, you'd say psych, and everybody loves psych. It's not that. Everybody's true grit detective show, their favorite one, True Detectives, Night Country, part two. Sun King Strikes Back. <laughs> and Merry Christmas to all. And to all a good night. I am Jumby. And I am joined by my festive, jovial partner in this part podcast and not in life. Rip. That's right. I'm here. He went with the true grit Santa Claus. Doesn't mean oh. I don't like Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. That's right. It's Christmas in this episode, everybody, because we see Christmas trees going up. I wasn't sure of the time before. I didn't want to guess Christmas because in episode one, it's snowing, but it's also Alaska. So it should be <laughs> snowing. But we know for sure it's the festive season. I'm also interested to see how many people even celebrate Christmas Day. Yeah. Since it has like a very deep native roots kind of community, I don't even think they celebrate Christmas, right? I mean, I guess they could from a commercial aspect, but. Well, I guess no we'll idea. see in episode three. Yeah. Part three, sorry. Sorry. Part three, yeah. Don't be stupid and say episode. I would never do that. Exactly. I did that before we started. <laughs> so in today's episode, we had a lot of crazy things happen. We have a lot of questions. Filling our brains and a lot of homework, a lot of homework to talk about because <laughs> this episode introduced so much. The first thing we want to talk about is the scientists oh, that yeah. were discovered. Yep. That's the first and last thing we see in the episode. I can't believe the events that are happening around these dead bodies and how long it's taking to <laughs> unthaw them. I didn't realize it'd take 48 hours to unthaw. I guess it makes sense. 48 hours at 38 degrees as to not damage anything. As to not damage it. That makes sense. Because they could just throw them into a furnace or something and they'd instantly be thawed out. But they'd be burned <laughs> to a crisp. It's a good thing they didn't do that because one of them's alive. Yep. I I'm don't see how that's possible. Yeah, that's the fun part. That's where we get into weird territory. I know they want me to be like, it's magic. But it has to be possible. I just, it just has to be really, really unlikely. <laughs> How and long were they gone? Four days, right? Something like that. They couldn't have truly been frozen for four days. For this um, guy to be alive, I mean. So it's something weird's going on, you know, because they didn't just find them. They also found that their clothes were folded neatly before the scene of the crime. So with their shoes next to it. And they, they confirmed they have burnt retinas, burst eardrums, and they're biting themselves. Which is also the symptoms of hypothermia. Yeah, that was the real world explanation. If we're trying yeah. to ground ourselves in reality, which I am, <laughs> they were experiencing 
the symptoms of hypothermia, but I feel like they were also experiencing some side effects from some kind of contagion, some kind of organism that they infected themselves with that they were studying. And since they knew that they were going to, you know, die from this thing or they could risk spreading it, they tried to quarantine themselves, but then went crazy and just went out into the, to the tundra. Into <laughs> the tundra. Well, and maybe by thawing happened. them out, they're going to accidentally spread something. Yeah. I, I firmly stand on that, that something will be spread. I, I wouldn't doubt if all those, um, uh, scientists get thought out. And then the next day, they're all gone. You think they're going to get up and move? I am waiting for the scene where they're at the hospital mm-hmm. where that one dude got taken to for surgery. The lights start flickering on and off, and we start seeing him move. In fact, I think we see a little bit when Leah and uh, Pete are hanging out and... Um, at the ice rink where they're thawing these dudes, the scientists, and one of their uh, feet move. Even it was slightly, just a little bit. You don't think that's but, just the ice like shifting? You think they're gonna yeah. move? I think I think we got zombies coming, man. <laughs> but but zombies. You saw zombies. that guy. You I, saw that guy. <laughs> he's dead though. He's making oh, I'm dead space or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> also, seeing how easily one of their fucking arms came off because of the lazy cops. Oh my gosh. And like not following protocol. I don't even if they were zombies, where's the threat, guys? Just kick them. He'll break apart. <laughs> like, I'ma bite you. I'ma bite you. <laughs> That's just gonna I happen. I'm not going with zombies for them, but there is nonetheless two of them who are not amongst the dead. Yeah. There is at least like uh, the guy who somehow didn't friggin' die. I think he's like one of the leaders of the scientists or whatever. Um, he didn't die. I don't know how much information we're going to get out of him because if he's like everybody else, he is now, you know, unable to see and unable to hear. It's going to be hard to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. And he's probably insane after yeah. what he went through. So he's going to be really hard to communicate with. Also, Clark, that guy is not among the dead, and they confirmed yeah. that. I love that they're they were like, "Oh, maybe he's still out there where the, we found the other bodies." And even though that was said out loud, no one believed that. Like, Somebody nope. was just saying that, like, because they wanted to be true, but they didn't really think so. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> manifest. Yeah, just get get the stupid questions out the way, so to speak. Uh, I guess that Liz was um, teaching Pete how to really dig into these case files. It's like you're asking the wrong questions. We see some of that with um, Navarro when she was thinking about uh, Clark buying the trailer. Yeah. So she figured out the right question to ask. Yeah. How are they meeting in secret? And they would buy it. Apparently, everybody knows, silly me (laughs) for not knowing, but you know that you buy a love trailer and put it at the nook to get nookie. 
That's that's everybody in town knows about it. He did because that was the all. first thing that came to mind to both her and her. I don't know what to call them. Side piece. Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. He did it all for the nookie. Just want to get that out there. Um. I did it all for the nookie. So, I feel like this episode ended with all of us. Cause it's like it's easy to be like, okay, of course Clark is alive. Kind of, kind of saw that coming. I, but then, it, yeah. But then it's like, okay. Uh, well, I, I won't pretend to be smarter than I am. I assumed he was in the block device. Because <laughs> I didn't think there was. I thought everybody was there. I didn't think there was anyone missing, until mm-hmm. they're just like, hey, Clark's not there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. You got to rule out all the possibilities before you go to the next thing, right? So you did the right thing, in my opinion. I'm just jumping the gun. You know, I love jumping the gun, so I'm just jealous you did it first. <laughs> it was vampires, guys. That's uh, why. You did no, it. You figured it out. <laughs> um, so, so the question and immediately came to my mind is, uh, okay, where if Clark's alive, where is he? But I think that's not the right question to ask. What's the right question? That's what for we're gonna me, play this whole time. What's the right for question? For me, is where would he go? See, yeah, like right? if I'm in character, I have to be like, I can't yes and you like I'm supposed to. I'm gonna <laughs> have to be like, no, wrong answer. Give me another one. <laughs> I can't. How do that's they know right. when the game? When you win the game, one person has to have all the answers. So I don't, I don't. That's my guess. Is where would he go? You know, he, if he really is in this research station, he's not at his trailer. We learned that, and this trailer is its own spooky haven. I feel like he uh, hasn't. Has he been there in a while? Do you think? His his mother disowned him, right? She's yeah. like, "Fuck that guy." Um, I haven't seen him in ten years. Yeah, so it it could be easy like. Okay, where's he hiding? What's he doing? No, no, where did he go? Where would he go? And that's well, we the, know where he was. The, yeah. How long though? How long has it been? He was at the research facility. We don't know if he was at the trailer recently, right? Because it looked up and it didn't look like it because he didn't even clean up any of the evidence or throw away the phone or anything. So that is my question: Where would he go? What would be the right question for me? So it can't be, where did he go? It can't be why he did it, because that would be the obvious question. <laughs> How'd yeah. he do it? How'd he do it? Ooh. Mm. That's a good question. Yeah. How did How'd he... he do it? These guys have burnt retinas. They have burst eardrums. They have faces that look super shocked, super terrified. And um, I'm just pulling from like the back of my mind in season one, which is super relevant, guys. You have to watch it. Apparently, (laughs) I've seen it, but it's been like since it aired. So my mind's a little fuzzy. But there was something that people watched. I remember very vividly. Um, Woody Harrelson's face trying to watch something and he was just disgusted. I think it was part of that storyline was like, you know, sexual assault victims or something. 
and his face was just in utter horror. Anyone who watched that tape was in utter horror. So I can only imagine what these guys were shown to make them look like that. Yeah. They're definitely, I feel I like, a sacrifice. So, oh, wait, I wait, just, one thing so before it, you get started, okay. before you get started, mm-hmm. before you get started, mm-hmm. about the bodies, one last thing. One of them had that that Colts tattoo on his forehead. I, we forgot to say that. Yeah, it was drawn on, right? Drawn on. Drawn on? Yeah. They don't oh, know if it was tattooed. before or after. Okay, that's cool. All right, that's even better. So he they he definitely didn't have it when they when they were in the facility before Clark went crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But he has it now. So did it happen... Before he died or after he died? And I think we can... It. I want to take a stab at it and say that okay. Clark's the one who drew it. Yeah. Since he's got it tattooed on his fucking chest. Yeah. You were going to say? I was going to say, yeah, they're throwing out season one at us, which I feel like it would have been nice to get some warning. <laughs> at the same time... I think if we, if we don't, I feel like, cause there's, there's a season one, being thrown at us. It's easy to use that to try to figure this thing out, but if you, it could also be used as a way to, to make, season one people overthink. But, really, it'd be I think, weird to ignore, every yeah. clue. That's there that connects us to season one because it's it's very in your face. Like it's not just one clue. I tried to ignore the first clue, mm. but they kept throwing more at me. So like this yeah, has to can. be heavily connected to that cult. We got the circle, we got mm-hmm. Clark's trailer, which is full of um uh dolls. Mm-hmm. You know, those weird cult looking dolls. We know you know the one. And then we got the dimension of the Tuttle company that's Funding the uh, the the research Those facility. Cults. We also have mm-hmm. we also have Travis. Yeah, Travis, Travis whose last name is Cole, which is the same name, uh, same last name as Matthew McConaughey's character from season one. And I think it's I I don't remember this, but something I saw on the internet was saying that it's mentioned that Matthew McConaughey's father in the show is named Travis. So Travis might literally just be his dad. And Matthew McConaughey was suffering from some kind of illness toward the end of the show. Mm -hmm. He probably had the same kind of cancer thing that Travis had. Leukemia. Leukemia. Well, I think it was bone cancer. Yeah. Is that leukemia? I don't know. I think it's different. Leukemia is blood. I remember here. But then bone marrow makes blood. I don't know. <laughs> um, I feel, I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a lot going on that it's hard to ignore. Still, and I feel like if you come in with a fresh perspective, it might be a little bit more interesting. Just food for thought. Not saying. I, I am curious. People who have never seen season one and then watch this and watch it all the way through without season, season one, I want, I'm curious as to how that would work. And how how they feel about that. When I watched season one, I liked it. It's undeniably 
like one of the best seasons of television made ever. It's just shot really well. It's a very interesting story. It's very compelling. It's very heavy material. So it's not for everybody. It's very, it could be very triggering, but it's like when I got to the end of it, I felt like something was missing. I, I didn't feel complete. And if this is picking up from that and giving me some resolution, I would like that a lot. But what I'm worried about is it's going to pick up the pieces of season one and run with the cult again, but we're not going to get any closure at the end. It's still going to be this open-ended thing. And I kind of want some, I want a bookend basically that I don't think I like, I should expect or anything. It's just kind of what I want. I want a bookend to this whole cult to kind of complete season one almost. Yeah. I don't want to see it Since again. they're bringing it up again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think they're just going to push this to a, a, what like we discussed in the last one, in part one, is they're just going to push this to a logical, to supernatural, to where we question what is real and what isn't. Not too much. I think we'll get a, a open and shut case with some little hints of, hmm, I wonder what really, you know? So, I think, um, yeah, I think the motivation for the cult, since they're big players now, is going to be very supernatural. But whether or not anything actually supernatural happens will be left up in the air. But the consequences of what they did to like the sacrifices they make and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. are going to be the real world problems that are happening here. Like whatever happened to these scientists, whatever Clark did to them, it was part of some kind of sacrificial dark yeah. magic thing. I don't know if any dark magic actually existed, but I think he's going to attempt it. I also think people are going to be seeing a lot of shit because the only type of magic I expect to see is the type that, um, what's on Petunia's name again? Rose. Rose. The only type of magic I expect to see is like Rose where she can see visions mm-hmm. and that's it. I just expect people to keep seeing visions or like be haunted by waking nightmares and stuff. I mean, that's what they said. Um, when, uh, Pete interviewed that, uh, the vend- the vending machine guy or like the, the stock guy. Yeah. He was like, it's Ennis. You always see something, you know? And even Rose says, it's like, um, uh, the ghost she sees, you have to know the difference between the ghosts that want to see you, the ghosts that want to tell you something, something the ghosts that want to take, you, take with you with them. Yeah, I really like that line. It was very ominous. I also like how Navarro tried to bring up her sister mm-hmm. and her seeing stuff, and Rose was quick to shut her down and be like, hey, spirit world stuff shouldn't be confused with mental illness. You should yeah. get her help. Yeah. Really... That that really wrote like somehow I don't know I want to say respect but that's not the right word like mm-hmm. I really liked Rose's character after she said that I was like this is interesting she's yeah. not crazy and that line kind of showed me she's not crazy yeah I mean she said it while smoking a weed or rolling a joint but yeah <laughs> um, does that make you crazy Rip this guy has really out there <laughs> I'm a victim blamer, apparently. I'm blaming <laughs> the weed. The victim, the real victim. Weed advocate. <laughs> um, 
Everybody I... voted for it. He voted no, and they listened. <laughs> Blame Rip. Don't, please. I love it all. <laughs> do whatever drugs you, you want. You do, you animal. This guy loves <laughs> illegal drugs. Nah, nah. Only legal. Officer. So. Legal in some parts. <laughs> Up in the north. Maybe in Ennis, Alaska. I, if it's I, not legal there, who's going to enforce it? Come on. Hank? Uh, Fuck Navarro. <laughs> Navarro. That would scare me. Uh, but Navarro would be cool with it. Navarro had an interesting scene. Like, we got Liz's background last episode when, when the car crash happened. We know something something extreme happened there. We got... Oh, you brought that up. Navarro um, driving. And she's listening to, if you want to be my lover, you got to get, get with my, my friend. And while she's talking to her sister, or sending her a voice message or whatever, um, she, she has a waking nightmare. She, she picks up uh, a necklace with a cross on it and has a flashback of her mother screaming, holding that same necklace. And her, what looks like a young her, uh, a young Navarro holding her sister. Great casting. It really looked like. So, it it almost got her into a car accident because she snapped back. And she threw the, the cross out and kept driving. You brought, you brought up... Um... Liz's flashback earlier, like when you were when you were talking about Navarro, and that made me remember something like in episode one, sorry, part one. See, Rip's got me <laughs> doing it now. This guy's contagious. He has a <laughs> microorganism in him and spread. Um, in part one, ah, I'm alive. My foot twiggled. He in part one, she's hates the Ferris Bueller song because it's like the Beatles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says she hates the Beatles or she doesn't like the Beatles, which I thought was weird. Because mm-hmm. even if you're not a big fan of the Beatles, there's a lot of it's hard to actively hate the Beatles. Come on, like, at mm-hmm. least respect the music. I'm going to get a lot of mail where it's like, I hate the Beatles. They're <laughs> old and smelly. <laughs> but whatever. I, I thought that was weird. And then in the flashback she had when she was dancing with her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, they were dancing to the same song from Ferris Bueller, like the Beatles song, the same one. So she didn't really hate the Beatles. She hated being reminded of what she lost. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. And I, w- I liked getting that kind of answer the next episode while it's still in my head. Yeah. it's And she's really shoving this down, man. Like, it's to the point where Leah tries to, like, she she bonds with um Pete's wife and grandmother getting to know her tribe and as soon as Liz sees that she just flips. It's like get that off your chin. Let's get out and the grandmother cusses her out and she cusses the out the grandma back. But we know assume the grandmother cussed her out. You don't know if she said <laughs> Maybe she was supportive. <laughs> so and she called her a laundromat grandma, which is like the ultimate insult. Yeah. But I but that is pretty good. But I think uh, that scene is super interesting because it makes you feel like maybe Liz is like bigoted or something or she doesn't like their culture. But 
I think it's yeah. coming more from a place of she's she is just burying her hurt, yeah. of losing her husband, and everything about that culture reminds her of her husband and kid. Yeah. Or it could even take a step further. Maybe no one helped her out. Maybe. Yeah. I want to. I mean, the way this show is, people mm-hmm. aren't the best, so it's probably that. Mm-hmm. Where she's mad at everybody for not helping her out, and she's become a little bigoted. But I, I want to pretend that it's not out of bigotry; it's just out of hurt and not wanting to like be reminded think, of that time. I don't know. In part I, it's probably one, not that though. In part one, when they talked about uh, Annie, they're like, "Oh, who killed Annie?" And then she was like, "Annis killed Annie. Like the town mm-hmm. killed her." So she doesn't really have high, you know, opinions of people, but she. She hasn't struck me as a bigoted person. She yeah, struck me as kind of like cold. Yeah. Because it's... of life. And I read this thing about her. It's just like, even though she's very like who she is, no one tries to mess with her. You know, they'll have, they'll say what they say and they'll talk shit about her behind her back. But when she's around, everybody kind of just like, all right. <laughs> you when know? she's, at the police station, especially, she feels like the only adult in the room. Everyone yeah. else is just these big idiots. Yeah, her and, and her, uh, her and the kid. What's his name? Pete. Pete. Her and Pete are the only like actual cops there. It. It's easy to, it's like you know, Pete. It's Pete's turn to, to give his son Darwin a bath, um, and. Liz is like, no, I need you to do this. Don't fuck up. And he calls up his wife, his wife, and breaks the news to her. And everybody's like, dude, fuck, like I can't believe she would do that, all that stuff, right? But at the same time, you gotta look at who she has on her team that she can rely on. It's nobody. It really just feels like Hank's men and Liz and Pete. Because the, the part guys, of that exchange that pissed me off is he's still on the phone with her as Liz is entering his house (laughs) like he could have just done whatever errand she was doing first and bathe Darwin and then go do whatever while Liz hung out with the stupid bodies yeah why does he have to do it there's a lot of things that could have been done but she I don't know there is a method to her madness and she is a workaholic which makes sense because uh, probably the trauma you know, this trauma of losing her husband and son. Um, I think um, Pete was at for the job because that's the only person she could rely on. Everybody else was taking selfies. One dude broke off the hand of one of the... Idiot. I hate yeah. that guy the most. And, you know, and Hank was like, you know, almost saying boys will be boys, you know? Which is something you don't want to hear. Hank was fucking... endorsing it. He was just yeah. like, oh, they're just blowing off some steam. Yeah, it's... Because he's an no. idiot. Like, they're taking selfies with the fucking thing. And there was a scene where Pete, it looked like he was going to take a selfie, but he actually using it to open, using the face ID to open the, the phone, which was fucking hella smart. Good on him. Yeah, that was cool. So, Pete really is the only person she could rely on. And that sucks, because it is going to affect her relationship his relationship which um he got a warning from hank and navarro in my opinion that he got the warning. in your opinion let's argue about that because okay (laughs) 
Because Hank shows up to the ice rink while Pete's on duty. Mm-hmm. Dex him. Yeah, he has a big yeah. red mark on his face. He, he found out. And he's that like, don't Pete you took fucking touch my shit. Yes. All right. It's mine in my house. You don't betray family blood is blood. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. And what is your interpretation of that? I think he was trying to warn him because he's like, don't be Danvers pet. Uh, blood is blood. You're here. You should be with your son. When that, did he that's... say be with your son? I, he never said that. That's my interpretation. He didn't say that. Jumpy. You pulled he that didn't. out of nowhere. You see oh, the my. best in nobody except <laughs> Hank. Why? <laughs> he didn't say it. This guy's ordering women from Russia to come over. Which he is clearly is, a scam. Which is clearly a scam, but he's an idiot. He's <laughs> yes. beating his son for taking the files that don't belong to him. He that never said anything about be a good father. Like he, I don't, I didn't see how you and got Leah, that. Leah went out and pretty much hinted that this is a normal thing Hank's been doing forever. So, yes, he is a bad man. I still think he's warning his son. Man. I, still I, think he's... I don't know where you're pulling that from <laughs> or why you want to. Because I just went there to beat his ass for touching his shit. That's it. I I think Hank used to be a good cop. I thought their their mother died. Hank's wife died, but we learned she left him. Okay, so he wasn't even a cop then. And (laughs) he was a musician. uh, Was he? Yes, he played the guitar. But I thought he was was a musician. He sucked a little bit, and his wife wasn't supportive. And left him because he's he's been like beaten down a lot, and that's what made him into the asshole he is. <sighs> Part of we'll what see. made him into the asshole he is. Well, I I feel like it, it. I'm not I'm not saying Hank's a good guy. I'm just saying you're you're saying yeah. he oh, says go. good th- guy go. things. Here we go. All right, we'll see. We'll agree yeah, we'll to see. disagree. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Usually right. I don't know I'm, where you're getting it. I'm usually wrong about these things, but yes, <laughs> Jumpy's always right. I just don't see things. how he doesn't. I bet. I bet you, Money Hank doesn't even know he has a grandson. Like <laughs> I mean, this guy doesn't give a shit. Uh, okay. He's a bad man who beats his kid, steals police files, and claims they're his own. Hides them in his house, and gets mad when you touch them. And he also pays for mail order brides and stuff. Yeah, that doesn't mean he doesn't, you know, sleep with some of the patrons in this town. Like uh, they wouldn't the touch owner him. of the, <laughs> the the owner of the ice rink, Kate. I think she's the mine owner as well. But um, she is. she was flirting with him. She's like, hey, what's hey, up? Hank. How's it going? You know, He's like I'm a married man. <laughs> and then Liz comes in. And she's like, God damn it. Then we learned out that Liz slept with her husband, and whether it was before or after the divorce doesn't matter. Kate hates her, but that doesn't mean she won't put the town first. So that that's that's good, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, she she lets Liz use the ice rink for these people. Um, but yeah. So that was a good introduction to Kate. Where. Where she, we still don't know who Navarro harassed. Like, Navarro walked by Kate, and Kate was too pissed off at Liz to uh to hate Navarro. And Navarro's like, I think she hates me, you more than she hates me. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense why she hates her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't defend that, Jumpy. I can't. Mm-hmm. So I know you want to try, <laughs> but she was also trying to tell I Pete to get home to his I wife won't. and be a good man. Where'd you get the? I just had a feeling she had a smirk that said it. You know what went through my mind when we found out the mother left? That it was her fault, not Hank's? (laughs) I fucking hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If she left for a reason, because of everything that was going on, maybe the mind came into this town and she knew, like, oh, something's not right here. Or did she just leave because Hank's an asshole? As jumpy. I don't think he was, like, a musician and a good man or anything. Because he mentioned he was raised by an asshole. I think Hank was beaten as a kid, became kind of an asshole, was a failed musician, mm-hmm. and his wife didn't support him or really love him that much. And he just, you know, grew into his father. And Pete's a good man because he's doing what a lot of people, I don't know how to phrase this, but <laughs> some people don't like the views that they're their parents have and they try to learn not to be that way because of their views. Yeah. Right. They're learning from negative examples mm-hmm. and they're trying to correct that. And, you know, sometimes your parents have great examples and you try to live up to them. Sometimes they don't. And in Pete's case, he has the worst example ever and he doesn't want to follow the same cycle. So he's just learning to be opposite of Hank. You know, he's helpful. He's a nice guy. He doesn't beat people for no reason. And he's a hard worker. He doesn't cut yeah. corners. Exactly. Um, and he's great with his son. I mean, I, I know he skipped out on bath time, but he is when he's with his son, he is kind. He's de- he's gentle. He's nice. Yeah. I I am reaching on this. I feel I, I would it would be kind of cool if we learned that the mom left because something fucked up was going on with the town and she tried to take um, Pete with her, but he didn't want to go or some other crap. So that'd be, I don't know. It's reaching. It is reaching, but for to use the, she left instead of the, she died angle. It, I feel like it wasn't just to throw it in there. feels like there's a reason, but I'm reaching. Did, Did it occur to you that maybe she left because Hank's a piece of shit. But then why didn't she take Pete? I know. Maybe, maybe she wasn't normal. allowed to take Pete. Okay. He's a cop. I, I don't know. He won the court case. But then I think Pete would really hate his father at that point. I think Pete's a big fan. <laughs> I I don't know. He's just like passive when it comes to him. He doesn't want to beat his ass, but I don't think he likes him. <sighs> well, he called him a piece of shit and that he was raised by a piece of shit. Like he... He gets it. Everyone's you know, on board uh, with Hank. Rip, jump on the train. On board with Hank? <laughs> yeah, with hating him. Oh. <laughs> you know who else doesn't hate him? The captain. The captain that Liz hooks up with, apparently. Oh, yeah. Because we had yeah. that scene. Liz isn't all great either. She cheats with people. Or, I don't know, I guess she didn't cheat. Yeah. She doesn't care about being a homewrecker, I guess. There you go. Because this guy's married. Because, quote, unquote, they were on a break with her when she was with her husband and she slept with the captain. Mm. Um, 
I think. So, not I think. So, Ross, the captain... Was Ross and Rachel on a break? Tell me. Was Ross and Rachel on a break? It, to me, Jumpy. Yeah. Tell me. me. Throw out another controversial opinion, Rip. <laughs> I'm on Team Ross. No. no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Always no. with the men. <laughs> um... No, no, that was way too soon. I don't give a shit. If you get into mm-hmm. one argument, no, you get into a big argument, and you say we're on a break, and you immediately go to sleep with somebody. I mean that. Was it like the night of? Because I didn't really watch all of Friends. I think it was like yeah. Because the next day she's like, "Look, I'm sorry about the fight we had. Uh, uh, like, can we talk this out? I like, I feel really, really bad." And okay. he did the, in my opinion, right. That was a little soon. Or were they on a break so it doesn't matter? Leave a comment on Spotify <laughs> and let us know how you feel about that. Uh, at that point, I think the writers knew they fucked up because it just became a, a stupid thing that Ross said after the. <laughs> <laughs> Did they fuck? I mean, that was a pretty good conversation piece for like 20 years. Everybody <laughs> talked about that. Oh. But now that you pointed out, it doesn't seem that it seems pretty cut and dry. It was very soon. That was kind of a bad yeah. thing to do. You don't do that like the night of, in my opinion. Yeah. You you give it a little bit. That's why you let these things give it twenty four yeah. hours, man. Come on. You're emotional. You say shit you don't mean. Come back and have a conversation with, uh, uh, neutral emotions. You know. Damn, I was hoping we disagreed on it. I know. I know what you think of me, Jumpy. <laughs> um, the fact that you agree with it makes me question myself. <laughs> Rachel's the bad one. <laughs> hey, they're both toxic. That's my opinion on that. But anyway, uh, the captain. All right, the captain's here. He, You can see he's chumming with all the guys in the station. Liz walks in and they all immediately shut up. Good. <laughs> Butts got clenched, and he tries to do her favor by taking the case away from her. She says, she doubles down. She says, "No, this is my case," and he's like, "Hey, something to like, come on, man, this is just a shit bag. You don't need this." A shit bowl. Yeah, a shit bowl. It's a shit Sorry. bowl. Yeah, and it's her shit bowl, and she's gonna keep it. And I like how she's just telling him how it's gonna be. He listened, and I was thinking to myself, "Damn." <laughs> I know she's a strong woman, but what the, this is her boss. Like, what's going on? And then the next scene, you and see they're having an affair. I'm like, oh, I get it. But, like... He can't really say shit to her, can he? <laughs> he... So, she suspects there's something not right about this case. That's why she's holding on to this. Something... Mm-hmm. There's way more involved in this. And the captain coming in and trying to take it from her, mm-hmm. that leads me to believe that he's... Like, people are... In high places and high uh, percentage in uh, in life, uh, mm. want her away from it and want him to have it because so he can sweep some stuff under the rug. And she's not having it. And she pulls out the book. Uh, you can't move those bodies until they're thawed into the perfect temperature, and that's going to take a couple days. So, she has a couple days to figure this out. Yeah. How many days? 
48 two hours. Days. Two, two days. days. Yeah. In um, those two days, do you think we're going to let two days pass or we're going to see some shit before these bodies saw it? Uh, oh, I, I think the, that that dude's waking up and doing the zombie stuff. Wait, like next at episode. the ice rink? No, no, no. The, the dude they took for surgery. Thank God. He's <laughs> he's waking up. He's, he's yeah. walking. Like, he's going to everywhere, you know? So I think he's waking up, but you can't get shit out of him. I think he's like a dead end. I think he's he's going to be a zombie, and he's going to bite somebody, and it's going to spread. <laughs> we'll see. As as silly as that would be, I mean that that you know what he maybe he is a zombie in a sense. He's just like an infected guy who's going to spread the infection. Yeah, that that's what I think. I think uh, something's going to happen where they can't move these bodies. It, uh, I think like he's going to be. Yeah, I like what you're thinking. I just I don't think so, but I like that idea. If it happens, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> but I think he's going to be a dead end. And the so, real chase for answers is going to happen when they start hunting down Clark. So back on the subject of uh, Liz's Clark. fuck buddies. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got introduced to Bryce, the the teacher that's also a geologist. Um, she, she, How many she st- people does Liz have in this town? Oh, everybody knows her. I think that's why everybody shuts the fuck up when she walks in the room. <laughs> This is like, I bet all of you before. I'll tell all of your spouses, you (laughs) shut up and listen. So she goes to Bryce, asks him for for like information about the Salal research facility. And he's like, oh, why don't you ask them? And then she tells him they're dead. So that he's like, okay, I I see where this is going. So she wants to know what's, what were they doing up there? Hmm. And they found a... What? Jump. The microorganism inside of the ice. That's mm-hmm. basically what their research revolves around. They're trying to do a DNA sequence of a microorganism that existed a long, long time ago. And apparently, something about that DNA sequence can unleash the mysteries of what sounds like immortality, what sounds like ending cell decay, which is basically aging. They can make it so that you don't age if they crack this coat but it's really difficult to do. And it's like an insane venture because to get that DNA intact, just the fact of they just drilling the ice to get the sample would destroy the sample. So it's just yeah. like, how the hell are you supposed to do this? You can't really do this. Um, but they were trying to do it anyway. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see that that was their goal at this plant to find microorganisms and basically create immortality, which would, they they were described as antisocial and really just into what they're doing. They never left. That that would make sense if you got the total company funding this. They're probably like, no, you st- stay your ass there and you you figure this shit out because we're we're throwing millions at you. It so, also makes sense just the nature of the job. Like we're messing with microorganisms that could be dangerous. We have to stay quarantined to an extent. Yeah. Um. And this digging that they're doing for this microorganism or whatever, because um, yeah, because they keep saying they're looking for the uh, the origin of life or something. But mm-hmm. the other digging that's getting really, uh, uh, I feel like it's almost like a side plot with how they they 
bring it up every now and then. But the mining that is is right. being pla- blamed for the water turning black. That is a super interesting plot line. I think it they it seems like a separate plot line, but it's going to weave into the main story and be the major cause of everything. Yeah. Because we had the fight at the bar mm-hmm. where people were fighting, arguing over like the mining people poisoning the water hole. And yeah. then the mining people were like, well, your kids get to go to school. Who needs water? And they were just <laughs> arguing about that. Yeah. Um, it pays for your school. But I still want clean water. I feel like you guys can talk this out and it would make sense. Like, hey, we get that you pay for the schools and the mining is the lifeblood of the town. But we also like clean water. Can we find a way to make this work? Like, don't blame the miners. <laughs> blame, like, the company yeah. that allowed it to happen. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in our reality that you, people blame the workers, but it's not the workers. It's whatever rules are set in place or whatever um, company is. Is like, doing. hey, this place isn't safe to drill or mine in. Let's mm-hmm. do it anyway and send them boys there. It's not the boys' problem it, or fault, really. It's yeah, the people who chose to do that. The foremans, the the higher ups of the mining company, maybe the lady that Liz pissed off by sleeping with her husband. Maybe it's her fault. I think it yeah. is her fault. Yeah, you told me she owns the mining company. That it's her fault. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know what re- what what's really going on with the like the mining company, right? Mm. They say they're poisoning the water, but we also know the research facility is digging too. We don't know what's so they're both digging. They're both, you know, in the resource. Now, we talked about this last time, but they could be digging into some, you know, sacred grounds they shouldn't be fucking with. And that is still one of my supernatural fears. Huh? Burial grounds? Something, you know? <laughs> like in uh, Poltergeist? That'd be ridiculous. I'm tired yeah. of that story. <laughs> um. That's like they that could be digging really deep into the mines and they dug too hungrily, too yeah. greedily, and they awoke the dangerous fire demon <laughs> that killed Gandalf. <laughs> the um, Balrog. And then we got the the regular theory, the whatever they're mining, turning the water black is what's fucking with all the migration, mm-hmm. um, making well, people cold. Go, if you want yeah. to do logical, uh, it's why the it's messing with the the magnetic fields. That causing, thing. Okay, yeah. I brought that up last time. Yeah, the Earth's magnetic poles shifting. Mm-hmm. Um. Or, which is the thing that happens. I I mentioned that in the not deer. I think the not deer is never going to play out. I just really <laughs> like that idea. But that that uh magnetic pole shifting thing seems to be in the story. Like there's some evidence for it. Yeah, the crabs and the deer, and it could so, be that they're consuming. I'm one for two. That's awesome. <laughs> they could 50% be percent cons- right. The consuming whatever's in the water, and it's fucking up with their, uh, you know, and making them think. Uh, fucking up with their migration, mm. making them go different ways, and we're gonna see that this is fucking with uh, um, the humans too. But Clark- what you said because you told me later on mm. the virus thing about maybe something like 
well, not the virus thing, but maybe something poisoned the water. It could be the mm-hmm. mine. It could be the microorganism yeah. that these guys are investigating. It could be a bit of both. Like they're investigating this microorganism that the mine accidentally unleashed when they were mining into the water system. Mm-hmm. Um, that made the creatures go crazy. And I was like leaning more towards that than the, sh- the polar shifts, like the pole shifting, causing the animals to go crazy. Maybe it was just the water mm-hmm. that made them go crazy. Yeah, or I guess it's both. Yeah. Or and then we got maybe the supernatural. <laughs> yeah, supernatural sacrifice. Annie did die, and her tongue was confirmed. It was funny. Like Navarro comes in in the beginning episode. She's like, "Look at this tattoo. You know where to find me." You know, she's like, "Cause Liz's like, I ain't fucking working with you ever again." And then she's like, "Here's the tattoo." You know where to find me. And then at the end of the episode, um, yeah, <laughs> she finds him. Uh, Liz goes up to Navarro and be like, "All right, we're working together, but this is it. Like, I don't want, I don't want to think about you after we're done." And she's like, "Fine." What do you think Navarro did to piss off Liz so much? Um, she, she overstepped her, her bounds. Hmm? Yeah, she overstepped her bounds. How? Because. She really went into this Annie death and talked to the wrong, pissed off the wrong people. And I I think at that point, Liz was like, dude, no, you can't do this. And they were talking about, like, Navarro specifically brought up a specific incident. And Liz is like, I don't want to talk about that. I'm not here for that. I'm here for this case and this case alone. So I think... uh, I think Navarro overstepped her bounds, especially against Liz's um, direction. And that's probably what got the Annie thing thrown out. And they can never touch it again. Given Navarro's character so far, and she's a badass and she's super tough. Mm-hmm. And she has like just a physique that looks like she could just beat you into the ground. I think when she was investigating Annie... She found someone connected to Annie's death or someone seemingly connected because we didn't know about Clark, Mm -hmm. but someone seemingly connected to Annie's death and she beat the shit out of them Mm. and kind of just ruined any case that you would get against the person. Yeah, I think that's what happened. And then Liz hates that she broke protocol like that. Yeah. She's like, just like everybody else, just breaking the rules. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. That's good. Because something happened. Some shit happened. I mean, I'm just pulling a straw, but like that sounds that sounds yeah. good. Yeah. I can't imagine what else she would have done to piss off Liz. Sleep <laughs> with her husband. Like, I don't think so. No. <sighs> yeah, and that was the episode. We end the episode with the the three of them standing there. Um, looking at the ice and realizing Clark is still out there. And Clark's connected to Annie. And Clark yep. has this fucking tattoo. Had the tongue. From the Sun King, and so did Annie. And we don't know if he had, had a trailer together. <laughs> and that the trailer had all this bullshit from the Sun King, all the little simulacrum things that Matthew McConaughey was playing with when he found the other layer. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy the amount of stuff they found in that trailer. And they found Annie's phone. But we don't know what's on it. That's yeah, why. Found Annie's phone, and they confirmed. Uh, Annie's tongue was in that was that's been missing since her death. Yeah, was in the facility that they that they found. That yeah, they found she told it. that to Navarro, and Navarro took it in stride. I would have been like, I fucking knew it. 
<laughs> so, yeah. The it's clerk's a- alive out there running around. And uh, where would he go? And how did he do it? Yeah. How it- did he do it? I think the very fact that Clark's alive is showing that they're going to keep doing supernatural and then explain it. Because at first, the first episode, I was like, how the fuck did these guys, all of these scientists die Mm -hmm. except for that one guy in the ice? I thought Clark was in it. So like that was super mysterious, supernatural. But now that Clark was alive, I'm just like, oh, Clark did it. Yeah. So there's a reason. There's like a way for this to happen. But how do you do it? That's the mystery now. And I think they're they're gonna keep doing that where it's like, oh, this thing that is impossible to happen happens, and then give you a reason, a way to think, okay, this is how it happened. And the clothes, <clears throat> the clothes being folded the the, the way they were, to uh, I think completely rules out that they just, um, you know, they just it, this whole thing can just uh, be explained by hypothermia. It's like no, there's more happened. Because of those clothes. According to Pete, there's something that happens when you're in hypothermia where you just feel really hot all of a sudden and you take off your clothes. But then but I don't know fold- if you have the wherewithal to fold them up. Exactly. That that's the part where he was just like that that's the weirdness of it. So Yeah. Anything we missed? Anything else? Nope. Just a lot of connections to the Sun King cult and how that whole cult was somehow connected to the Cthulhu stuff. And the miners are mining. Yep. Let's, let's see what happens. And with all that being said, any last words, John B? Clark's alive. Clark's alive, indeed. And with that, we conclude another episode of Phantom Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow, anything to show us that you're as interested in this show as we are. Even if you're not, just do it. And in the comments, leave a nice fuck you, Hank, for me. Bye.